Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What is going on, everyone? Mike Singer and Mike Goolsby with this week's Mike Goolsby Show. We are back in the weekly rhythm of doing this show. Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Maybe, you know, when the NFL season gets started, we might move it back an hour. But anyways, we're here every Sunday night. Mr. Goolsby, how are you doing, my friend? Do you have a good weekend? I had a great weekend. Not as good as yours with the 30th birthday, buddy. Happy birthday. Thank you. And you got your... uh... So, man, Jelly PT, man, what more could you ask for? I, I sent out a funny tweet. I was like, more people are texting me about Angeli playing than my birthday, which was not true. But I think people got a kick out of it. But, yeah, it was a great sports weekend for your boy. All my teams yeah. won. Angeli had the best two-yard pass in, in, in uh, college football history. So, yeah, it was a great weekend, man. Incredible. So, there has been a little bit of a rift between you and Hyde in terms of Angeli's potential. And after seeing that two-yard pass, Mike – I'm team singer, team Angeli, all the way. I mean, 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and Hyde got suspended without pay. Um, you know, so again, I didn't know. Yeah. I'm not being paid. I, you know, apparently Hyde is. I got some. I got to take this up with him after the show. <laughs> so, Mike. Um, yes, everyone, hit the like button, please. Please do that. If you're watching live with us, if you're watching back, if you're listening to podcasts, you know, just park your car real quick. Pop up YouTube, hit that like button, you know, do that. We, that helps grow our channel. Of course, subscribe to our channel for more content. Blueandgold.com is your home for Notre Dame football coverage uh, and, and recruiting uh, articles from myself and Kyle Kelly. So please do um, he- head to the website. And if you subscribe right now before want to say the, the deal might close down to like Monday at noon or so, um, half off for the first year of annual subscription. So please do check that out. Um, so, yeah, Mike. Uh, Notre Dame 42, Navy 3. What do you, what'd you think? What were some of your thoughts about the game? Um, I don't think you can really do Notre Dame's performance justice, Mike, without r- going back to the offseason. In, like in, uh, this isn't in chronological order, but both of your quarterbacks from last year transferred out. You've got a new offensive coordinator. You've got a you know you lose a, a coaching legend and he coach he stand, so we've got a new O line coach and Joe Rudolph. We get a quarterbacks coach, which is new to the program. I know I'm missing something. I mean, you lost your starter at tailback and Logan Diggs. Um, I mean, there's a new AD on the way. So I mean, it was a tumultuous off season. <laughs> it was like, I mean, there was so much fodder for you and I and the Tim Hydes and the Tyler Horkers of the world to talk about. In the offseason, it was like, damn, in a way, Mike, I was like a little bit disappointed that the season's here. It's like because the offseason was so interesting. And I say that tongue in cheek. But taking all of that into account, brother, Notre Dame looked great. Sam Hartman looked great. The team and the team looked prepared and the team was dialed in. And you factor in that travel overseas and all the distractions over there, again, coupled with the offseason, it was a remarkable performance. And I want to tag that Yep. midway through the third quarter. And for folks that don't know, if you join blue and gold illustrated, you know, there's a message board, there's a game thread, which is just a stream of consciousness from I'm sure several inebriated people. It's a good time. And I was just kind of watching that as I'm watching the game and like midway through the third quarter, I just had to like add to the, to the board. I'm like, man, Navy sucks. You know, Navy sucks as good as Notre Dame looks. You know, there's the lack of talent was just brutally apparent. And beyond that, Mike, and we'll get into a little bit of the X's and O's, those Navy coaches did their players like a huge disservice, no pun intended with the the disservice, but like misaligned, bad game plan, poor execution. Um, But Notre Dame looked great. And it's a a great confidence builder to kick off the season. Okay, so you always look through the player lens of things, right? So I don't know if you'll be able to give me a great answer to this. Maybe take that off and just give me your analyst pundit. Put that hat on. Is it more of Navy was bad or Notre Dame was just really good, Mike? What do you think? I mean, how, like, how, how do you kind of – like Tim Hyde always says, all I care about is September 23rd, right? I mean, like, <sighs> can you say you learned a whole lot from, from that game considering how bad Navy was? Um, 
taking X's and O's out of the picture, I think that, that what we kind of learned, what we sort of gleaned from that game is this is the team starting to reflect Coach Freeman's personality, his nature, and the way he wants to, to run a game, to operate a game. X's and O's wise and player evaluation, I'll get into that a little bit. Um, but overall, I mean, that was probably my, the, my biggest takeaway with that analyst hat on is how dialed in the team was, how aggressive they were on defense, how physical they were on offense. And that's what Coach Freeman wants out of his group. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to some super chats real quick. Uh, we're going to have to go through these a little bit quicker because I'm sure you guys will just be getting in the super chats all night. We, we, you know, we got some other things we want to discuss um, as well, but obviously we will get to these. Uh, Andrew Gilmore with $10. He, he posted this super chat at 2.36 Eastern time. So several hours before our show, he says, uh, Mike, I'm trying not to be a brat with this question. Just checking in. Are you starting to change your opinion from this winter about wanting to stick with Buckner rather than picking up Hartman, which is not really what your words were, but um, kind of were Mike, what, what thoughts? Yeah. And Andrew, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that preface there. I'm not trying to be a brat with the question. I'm just checking in. I appreciate the preface there. Am I starting to change my opinion? Yeah, I would say I'm starting to change my opinion. I mean, Sam looked great. Go ahead. What was your opinion before? Because maybe people forgot or, or didn't hear about what your opinion was over the winter. Oh, gosh. the whole. I mean, holistically, I saw enough potential in Tyler Buckner that I thought he was a player you could really build a program around. I was upset in terms of like really the one year rental aspect to Sam Hartman that's out of his control. That was a little annoying, you know, and then ultimately you lose Tyler for a one year quarterback, you lose more depth in, in Drew Pine. I thought the NIL was a big piece to, to Sam choosing to go to Notre Dame. I know people plug your ears, but there was some money that changed hands and there's obviously been endorsement deals to follow. Sam didn't come here, turn down money elsewhere to come compete with Tyler. So some of that felt icky to me and it just really irked me that people didn't see the same amount of potential in Tyler that I did. And probably Mike, the foundation of my argument was built around Tyler's inexperience at the high school level and even in college. And you you saw that during the broadcast Sam Hartman up to this game had had 3,500 snaps. And then you've got little Tyler up there, 166, you know, snaps. And it was like, that's what I'm talking about. I just thought he had enough potential, but yes, I'm starting to change my opinion in terms of Sam. And I'm going to try and just tap the brakes in terms of like critiquing anything. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to be a buzzkill. I don't, but that's kind of why we're here. Well, at least why I am maybe. <laughs> Absolutely dude. But I think the biggest thing that like, and I felt it and I know if I can feel it watching through a screen at home, sitting on the couch, I know that the players can feel it on a plane or in the locker room on the field. Sam does bring a level of confidence to the team. Uh, that's palpable. Like you can just, you can feel it. So Maybe for that reason, up to this point, is why I'm um, starting to change my opinion. I think just his presence, obviously the experience, it brings a level of calm, and that probably adds to execution. You don't do anything well uptight. Yeah. So your your whole thing would be like, yeah, 
you, you get Buckner for two years, and that second year, if you when you ride him in 2023 at the position, then 2024, he's going to be better, and that team is going to be better in 2024 than the one-year rental at Hartman. Then you got to start over in 24 and find a new quarterback, whether that's Angeli, Menchi, or going to the portal for a second straight year. So that 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 part of the argument always did make sense to me, but I just never really thought that but that Buckner is is Hemothy, as the kids say these days. Yeah. Um, and you you might not love Buckner to the level that I like I love like Steve Angeli, but Buckner is always your boy. But anyways, I, I think that that kind of covers this topic. And I'm sure you'll have to address it every single time that Hartman has a strong game, but no, and I think we all got to move on. And I just, I do find it a little odd and it's not, this isn't across the board, but I do find it odd that players or fans would, you know, root against a Tyler Buckner, even a Drew Pine or any kid that transfers out for that matter. It's like a jaded, it's like they got dumped or something. It's, it's strange. You know, I think it's, it's, it's bad karma. You got to root for all these kids. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Wicked Bronco Productions just dropped a $20 super chat. Really appreciate this. Says after Saints' performance against Navy, Mr. Goolsby and the fact that Tyler has fallen to third or fourth on the depth chart as your opinion changed. Basically, um, the super chat that Andrew uh, posted as well. He says, I, I, he adds, I think Sam proved Saturday is not a gimmick um, quarterback. Um, well, let me, yeah, don't gloss it over. I appreciate Yeah, I remember Wicko Bronco. We were kind of banging heads on that. You know, going way back to, I think it was January 1st, I kind of lost my mind over this Tyler Buckner transferring out, Sam Hartman rumored coming in. Um, but the la- I want to touch on the last piece here. I think Sam proved he isn't a gimmick quarterback is yeah. Um, I'm still a little bit reserved and Tim Hyde and I have become so simpatico. I don't want it to become like boring, but like he came on when, you know, the, your guys's post game show did a great job and Tim's gotten very good at doing these, by the way, Mike. Excellent. It was like, it's it a scrimmage yeah. felt like a scrimmage. Navy kind of sucks. And he, you know, he said, he's like, Sam's numbers yesterday were very similar, if not like nearly identical to what Drew Pine did last year. It's Navy. So I'm, I'm still, I'm optimistic. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I still don't see Sam as like a physically gifted, um, you know, just all-star. I, I don't, I, it, it feels like another quarterback where his best traits are intangibles. Yeah. Um, pulling up Pine stats against Navy last year. Uh, 17 to 21, so four incompletions. That is the same as Hardman. For 269 yards, four touchdowns, and one pick. Okay. And also had a rushing touchdown. Um, so who would have thunk it that uh, out here Mike Goolsby in the street is, is you know, praising the, the guy he called jockey last year. I, I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. Well, I don't know if I'm praising Pine's performance. I'm just saying, objectively speaking, applying logic here, Sam's numbers were very similar to Pine. And none of us as fans felt like, you know, Pine was going to set the world on fire. Well, just the, the, the irony is that you're using Pine mm-hmm. here. You know, that that's just. No, Tim gets all the credit for pulling that stat real quick. You know, again, following post game, but yeah, I'm still I'm optimistic. But I watched a lot of film with Sam Hartman in the offseason from his time at Wake, and I have reason to have just you know cautious optimism. I think that's healthy. I agree. This is the thing, like oh overreactions both way, right? Like Notre Dame wins 42 to 3 against Navy. 
we are the best team ever. But I mean, then if it's a if Notre Dame has a 35 32 against Navy like it was last year, it's like over oh, the worst team ever. So, yeah, truth will often lies. And you can talk about that with the, you know, the coordinator, you know, with right. Coach Parker did a great job, folks. And we'll get into this, but hate to burst everybody's bubble, but it's the same offense. And Tim touched on that quite a bit. It's the same offense, same personnel groupings as you saw last year. I mean, play selection is up to the coordinator, but the framework's the exact same. Our indie uh, Irish fan actually dropped a couple super chats. Um, one without a message. And if you guys ever do accidentally just drop a super chat without a message, I will I will notice it, and you can just post another comment. You don't have to do another super chat. Uh, he does say, Goolsby, what is your opinion on Jaden Greathouse three catch two uh, touchdown performance? Was it a fluke, or will he continue good performances? Uh, indie Irish fan, I'm really gr- glad that you brought this up. Let me pull up the snap counts article. Um, my buddy and coworker Jack Sowell posted at Blue and Gold. These uh, the snap count totals are according to Pro Football Focus. This was bizarre to me. Um, you got to keep scrolling down to find our boy yeah. Greathouse, right? Jaden Thomas, thirty-eight snaps. That makes sense. Tobias Merriweather with just the one target. I think it was just one. Oh, well, and then the PI or not PI, whatever. Uh, Thirty-five snaps. Rico Flores had nineteen snaps. Chris Tyree, 14, starting wide receiver Chris Tyree. I, I, I guess it was a blowout. That's why Flores played more, but still. Salerno gets 11. How about Jaden Greathouse only had eight snaps, and Colsey only had seven? I think that's kind of fascinating. But, uh, yeah, Tim, for him to do all that on eight snaps, um, and then the tight ends, I guess, played a ton. Mitch Evans, 50 snaps. Holden stays 39. There was definitely – heavy on the tight ends but um yeah thoughts on some of these items yeah heavy on the tight ends back to what i'm saying is the offense kind of looks the same so in regards to great house uh i who knows if it was a fluke but the kid's like a, he's a great player he was great in high school i think he wants to be great he works at it he's got a lot of god-given ability and I loved his reaction, Mike. I mean, both both catches, like you could see the passion. And I love to see that from a, such a young kid. And I thought he's like, you know, watching him being interviewed at a press conference up at the podium, a ton of confidence, ton of composure. And for him to kind of catch those balls and own that moment, kind of screaming like he did, I eat that stuff up. Um, great play design on his second touchdown. Um, my one little, <laughs> oh, geez. So like, you know, I, we did the positional breakdown a couple weeks ago, position by position, my thoughts, et cetera. And like, in my mind, singer, I'm like super objective and I'm not glass half full glass, half empty. I'm just like, there's water in the glass and let's just see if it's cold or not. Right. And like a lot of the reaction was like, oh, that was super negative. You're super negative, dude. It's like, I'm just being objective. So if and when I critique even a Sam Hartman or a great house that you know had a great game, it's like these kids are going to go back and they're going to watch film and they're going to be great on every snap. They're going to go back and practice to improve. Like there's always stuff to improve upon. So if I call a, a thing or two out based off of my observations, please don't interpret that as being negative. However, Jaden's first touchdown there wasn't a lot of separation, you know, and that that slot corner that was guarding him had his eyes in the backfield. I've watched it four or five, six times now. It had his eyes in the backfield. Jaden gets a nice release. The guy was able to kind of catch up, and there wasn't a lot of separation. 
We've talked a lot about Mike, the lack of over the top speed. Um, so that was just, I'm, I'm super happy for the kid, but just something to keep an eye on is the, the separation. Great ball by Sam could have been picked off. <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. All right. This Mike, I don't know if we're going to, we'll, we're just going to, this is a super chat night, my friend. All right. Um, so, yeah, and well, the Irish we're, into the fan. Season, we're into the season, you know, that's how it goes. I, know. I, I love it. I love it. Um, Mike uh, says to defend singer, he was, he always approved of adding Hartman. I, mean, I don't think I need any defending right now. I feel good. And then, uh, especially after Angeli had an even better completion percentage than, uh, than Hartman. Um, you know, but continuing, uh, he says, Tim, Tim was correct last night. We were still in exhibition games, part of the schedule. So slow the roll. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I agree. And, and I'm in the, the pro Hartman camp, uh, you know, several months ago. And I'm also like, guys, I, I can't be like, yeah, see, this is why I was like, go get Hartman. I mean, it, it was Navy. It was Navy. So let's talk after NC state, you know? So that, that's all I got to say about that. Um, did, I, did you have anything to add, Mike? Well, I was just going to say, I was never against adding Hartman. I got upset when people just assumed that he was going to be your starter. And then we learn about this quarterback competition. You know, Hartman maybe have been guaranteed a job. And it's like, just that stuff just never sat right with me. But, you know, Singer, you did a great job. It was a long offseason. You're a great shit stirrer, dude. You know, you know how to kind of push my buttons and it makes for good podcasts. So kudos so when you say that mike like we can come on here and 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 talk about the special teams like we could have excellent analysis about special teams people are gonna not they're they're gonna be like man that goolsby guy this show sucks they just talk about i mean we talk about what the people want to talk about people like quarterbacks i mean that's just what it is you know so no yeah i think that as a compliment that we talk about interesting things mike well yeah there's this is entertainment and, um, you know, I think you've heard Colin Cowherd say that a time or two, Mike. It's like, you know, he talks about what people want to want to hear about. You know, it's kind of weak. The audience kind of dictates the, the content. And that is where I don't watch much Cowherd anymore, but that is 100% where I got that line of thinking from. So, yep. Boom. Trash. Uh, my man who doesn't drop any comments except for it's a super chat. So I really appreciate that. He says, my no greater show than Mike. Mike, here's to a new year of great things. Very much appreciate the $10 super chat trash wicked Bronco productions has another one here. He says, uh, was it just me or did Audric estimate look a few steps faster than last season? Also, I know some fans give Freeman crap for being a quote unquote players coach and not being hard on his guys, but he benched Audric after a fumble, big respect. I, I mean, there's a lot uh, to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack. There, there. is. I mean, did I did, did Freeman confirm that? Like, you can't. I mean, it, it certainly looks like he may have been benched, but I don't. You, you don't know hundred percent. But this is the thing I want to add on to this super chat, and, and again, really appreciate it. Is did you see him out there running the ball with Angeli with like three minutes to go? Like, what the heck was that? I thought as I was watching, I said, and I think Tim alluded to this too, that they must have been trying to get him hundred yards. And or go over, because what would we have, like 192 yards for the game? I think it was either Audric goes over 100 and they go over 200 as a team. I think that was why they left him in the game. Dude, that can't be good reasoning, though, right? Hey, I I think – I personally, personally, I thought it was cool. Um, 
I did. I did. Didn't bother me at all, frankly. And I like because and then when he was in, it was just two or three, kind of a yard or two in a in a cloud of dust. There wasn't really he wasn't really making much hay at the end when he ought to have been out of the game. But I didn't have a problem with it. I really didn't. That being yeah. said, so to, well to get to the question here, Michael, was it just me, Dodrick, look a, a few steps faster? I would agree. I really kind of like the way he carries the ball. Um, he does look really tightly wound. Looks to be in shape, which is kind of a concern of mine. Another concern of mine with Audric is I've watched this game, I think, four times now, Mike. He'll make contact, kind of seeks out that contact, boom, right? Sort of lowers the boom. He's on one leg, and then he pirouettes. He sort of spins out of that on one leg. And that one leg that he spins on, it's boom, kind of spins on one leg. I don't like him being straight legged on one leg, like as a trainer in a, you know, 230 pound back where they're going to gang tackle him. Like you don't want to be standing there like a uh, flamingo in the middle of a shit storm. So it's like either he needs to drop that weight, you know, spin off of two feet or at least spin with a bent knee or something like that just to protect himself. But that's just something to keep an eye on. I don't remember the rest of the question. I, you know, Freeman's going to be a player's coach, it came to me. Freeman's going to be a player's coach, but I don't think he takes it easy on his guys. I mean, from there's two camps in a row, you heard it's an incredibly physical physical training camp, and that's just kind of the – you you fumble a ball, you sit the bench for a little bit and think about it. It's just kind of the way of things, whether it's Freeman or any other coach. Sure. All right, we've got Broken Up Productions to support the – or I, I appreciate the support as always, my friend, uh, Mike, we're going to hear from a quick sponsor before we continue on uh, with the super chats. And it's uh, definitely one of our coolest, coolest sponsors right now, home field apparel, which has some pretty unique Notre Dame gear that you're, you're really not going to be able to find um, anywhere else. It's, it's based out of Indianapolis and they are committed to creating officially licensed and comfortable clothing. Guys, seriously, I, I own some of, uh, their stuff and it really is uh, fantastic and, and comfortable and unique clothing the designs are fantastic they really went back into the archives the old school Notre Dame designs and they've created um, some really thoughtful stuff it's authentic and it shows some nostalgia um, of, of Notre Dame as well uh, can't wait to see uh, you know folks in Notre Dame Stadium rocking some home field apparel um, as well they actually have licenses to over 150 colleges so you can find you know, uh, some gear for yourself. And then, you know, if, I mean, God forbid you have like a Michigan state fan in your family or an old Miss fan, like they have gears uh, for gear for a lot of different, um, you know, uh, college football programs across the country and even better folks. When you use the promo code blue gold 23, you'll receive 15% off your first order with home field. So please go to homefieldapparel.com. I've got a couple of shirts um, from home field. Uh, Mike, I know we're getting you one as well. Pro hopefully a schmedium so, um, you know, we can see, um, you know. Don't be weird. the biceps, man. Hey, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in double X. Truth. I'm a double X guy anymore. Post-COVID, I'm in a double X, man. I'd love to get back to just an XL. But I've been on – It's I'm super familiar with Home Field. I had perused their website half a dozen times before they became a sponsor. And they got cool stuff. I mean, they really they, – it's like – it's not actually vintage, right? It's it's new that's made. To, just, so you don't have to pay the $150 to try and find like a vintage, you know, Notre Dame Miami shirt they've, they've replicated. It's a brilliant idea, frankly. It really is. Like, 
I don't wear sweatshirts like this crew neck here for folks watching YouTube. You do love that crew neck. Are you talking about it on a different podcast? Yeah. I really do want this thing. Uh, And they have it in my size, extra small. So um, we see, you know, a couple super chats and you can get yourself a birthday present. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All right. We'll, we'll continue on here. I think we got to that one. Um, Tom Sardi dropped a couple super chats. Really appreciate that. Said, so can we can, all right, this is, man, you guys, this is what I love about the super chats yesterday and today. You guys keep hitting the things that we want to talk about. So when I'm like, I kind of get nervous. I'm like, man, ghouls, we have things we want to talk about. Well, you guys just are asking the questions for us. So thank you very much. Uh, Tom says, so can we continue to play five running backs? I think estimate price and love should be the first three in. So let me pop up the running back stats. I I really go back to Mike. You know, I'm not a big, uh, I don't think conspiracies first. But on that one, with estimating getting those late game carries, I was like, I put my Mike Goolsby hat on. I was like, is there some kind of, you know, uh, marketing reason, NIL reason that they just need to get this man more carries? Like that, that just was so. Like if he got hurt there, can you imagine, like, the headlines that would be created? But anyway, so you got estimate sixteen attempts, ninety five yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Jay Love, I thought looked pretty good. Mike, you know when I had talked about in a couple weeks ago that show, I was like, yeah, he he looks leaner than everyone else. Did you see that? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I was curious yeah. if, if, or if yeah, I'm just yeah, making yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So a, cu- a couple things. Uh, dude, your boy loves a good conspiracy, right? Okay. Sometimes real, li- sometimes real life is stranger than any conspiracy that you could come up with. But... Um, We've talked about this going back a couple years ago, Mike. I mean, part of Notre Dame and what made a lot of us watching this this show fans were the Rocket Ishmaels, were the Ricky Waters, you know, stars, a Chris Zorich, right? A Brady Quinn, a Samarja, a Golden Tate. Like, that's what brings fans into the fold. So for us to try and prop up or pump up Estime's numbers and getting them to 100, I'm all for it. Um to answer your question about Jeremiah Love and his build, we talked about this a month ago. I don't think he trained a lot in high school in terms of like in the weight room. And he said as much on a, on a different YouTube, you know, little blurb that he was in the weight room. And he was like, yeah, man, I didn't really, I, I know he ran, ran a ton of track, et cetera, but I just don't think that he's quite dedicated himself um, to killing it in the weight room. So yes, he does look long and lean, but he's six foot. What is he? Six foot one, 200 pounds, incredibly long arms. I compared him to when we broke down his highlight tape, I compared him to Adrian Peterson. Right. And so you're not saying he's Adrian Peterson, but the running style. And then, yeah, seeing him on this, on this, in this game live for the first time, it was like, he was a hybrid of Peterson and, uh, Darren McFadden. You know, Darren McFadden is 6'2", 215, you know, from Arkansas, first-round pick way back when. But, yeah, he, he'll in a year's time, he'll be 205, 210, sure. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, he shouldn't be on – like, I'm just saying, like, 
that was an observation I had. I like to, I like when I think things, I like to run it by Tim and, and Goolsby and see if I'm just crazy. But yeah, I mean, Love looked really good. Payne, I thought Payne looked good. He was the second back out there, six carries, 31 yards. Uh, Devin Ford only had one carry, and that just went for two yards. So Jadarian Price, his first ever carry, uh, 19 yards and a touchdown. So yeah, thoughts on the rest of these guys, Mike? Well, real quick, just to put a put a bow on that Love and his physique conversation, it speaks as much about, you know, Jeremiah Love, the longer your arms are, the skinnier they're going to look. It's just, it is what it is. And then the comparing him to an estimate, a pain, a price. I mean, these guys are freaking Jack dude, you know, like they don't miss curl day. So it made, it made him look that much leaner. Um, I don't know if it's a problem. Having rewatched the game, all of them were in on passing downs. That was a question of mine going into the season is who's going to be your generic third down back. All of them were in on passing downs. Ford seemed to be in on passing scenarios, pass pro scenarios, more so than the others, which makes sense. I mean, he's played a lot of football. He's one of the older guys in the room, he and Audric. But, I mean, Jeremiah Love was in, and they brought – pressure from both sides and they trusted Jeremiah Love as a true freshman in his first game playing in Ireland to pick it up um the other thought about the five backs is like Love to me would be the most logical one that is going to redshirt just based off of his youth but if the dude's going to average 10 yards a carry it's going to make it difficult um but big takeaway is we're not going to miss Logan Diggs at all I think Payne has better feet than Logan Diggs does um and it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a smorgasbord between power, speed, ability to cut, footwork, et cetera. So it'll be, that's, I, I don't have any insight, but five backs is a lot. Um, but I'd rather have five backs than two. Yeah. Just like we're not going to crown Sam Hartman anything based on Navy game, I, I would say the same with the running back room. You know, Estime's a stud, uh, but the rest, like, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, someone made a comment. I think I saved it. Can I add? Uh, well, I'm gonna as you're looking that up. Yeah, Devin Ford looked good in pass pro. I, I can't remember if it was on the Jaden Thomas or the Jaden Greathouse one. Uh, that was the, uh, not the one where Hartman scrambled, but I just remember Devin Ford picking up a nice uh, a block for that touchdown on mm-hmm. a, a blitzer. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to note that as well. Good comment. Yeah, I think all of them can catch. I think all of them they're they're trusting, and this is and this is part of what we open the show with Mike and that this is Freeman's team. It's his DNA that's kind of being infused throughout. And part of that DNA, part of that approach is going to be to play younger kids and let it, let it hang. Um, so that's going to be good. I, as dominant as, as we were in the run game, as dominant as the O-line played, throwing people around, we didn't really see any home runs. And I still think that, Love gives you the best chance of just putting his foot in the ground and creasing a defense and just being gone. So um, I think I was pretty high on love as a signee and I haven't, haven't changed my mind. Are you going to make it Mike? I don't know, man. Throw up a chat. Have a sip of water. I'll read out loud as Mike's uh, passing away. Coolsby, any thoughts of getting Navy? Navy getting past <laughs> don't laugh. Goolsby, cool any thoughts of Navy getting past the secondary pretty easily? Past P A T P A S T. Concerned or not, 
to look into because of the triple O. You make me read aloud, Potatoes O'Brien, and you give me bad grammar. Okay. I'm dying oh. laughing over here, by the way. So right, thoughts on Navy getting past PAST, the secondary, pretty easily? Uh, it's Navy. You kind of get lulled to sleep. I get it. The problem was the first time it was Cam Hart, and the second time it was DJ Brown. Um, both all, could have been the second one for sure. Could have and should have been a touchdown. Um, and it's just those guys have played way too much football. You know, Cam Hart's a captain. You just can't. You just can't do stuff like that. And we talked about, you know, Christian Gray, you're going to get to the snap count. Don't jump the shark here. But, like, Christian Gray played a, a, a crap ton of football for a true freshman. And um, I'm just telling you, I would have a short leash on Cam Hart just because, I mean, there is a little bit of talent behind him. And Jaden Mickey looked great. Uh, but, yeah, that was – it was bad on we, – we know DJ Brown's a bit of a liability, but it was a bummer to see that happen to Hart. Concern or not – much to look into because of the triple option. Sure. Okay. Potatoes O'Brien, legendary name and appreciate um, the support. Okay. We're going back to uh, Pine and Hartman talk from Wicked Bronco Productions. He says, differences, Goolsby. I bet you Hartman will torch Clemson, USC, and Ohio State. Torch, that's an interesting term. Uh, that's bold, but yeah, we'll see. Unlike Drew Pine, naturally uh, also people are trashing Hartman calm down it's just Navy no one's trashing Hartman after that game I can I can assure you my friend uh, but people go insane and and droll about Caleb Williams having four touchdowns on San Jose State goals real quick this is I'll take the bait um nobody's yeah yeah wicked Bronco nobody's trashing Hartman I mean that whole that whole uh, broadcast was just a circle jerk. I mean, talking about Hartman, the whole thing from almost start to finish was just lauding over Sam Hartman. Nobody's really trashing him post game because it's just Navy. Um, and I hope he does torch, torch USC, Clemson, and OSU. I, I hope he does. In, in if there's one message that I have about Sam Hartman, he will put the ball up. He's going to make the right reads. The guy's you know 46 years old. He's played 46 games. Dude, Sam Hartman's 24 years old. Like, I was done with the NFL. The NFL was done with me. My football career was over. This guy's still in fucking college. It's incredible. Um, it's incredible. And, yes, I'm envious of that. Absolutely. I wear it on my sleeve. Um, so, yeah, he's, he, he ought to make the right reads. He's going to do some boneheaded stuff. He almost threw a pick six in this game, which doesn't get talked about. Um but it's going to come down to the receivers coming down the ball because he's going to give those guys a chance to go make a play. Okay. <clears throat> yep, everybody post a W in the chat for Wicked Bronco Productions. So I appreciate all the support here. Uh, Andrew LaBelle dropped a super chat and adds, did Maris look good or are my eyes deceiving deceiving me? Excited to see Goolsby's reaction. Mr. Goolsby? As I'm pouring myself a beverage. Yeah. So Maris. I don't know foul. if we're gonna get to I don't know if we're gonna get to our script, and I am here for it. So did Maris look good? The answer is yes. Are your eyes deceiving you? Yes. So I think that both things can be true. And if I'll just gonna kind of expand upon this, and we're gonna talk about Notre Dame's approach to stopping Navy and uh like a triple option. So I played against Navy, I played against Air Force. 
Navy's triple option is centered around the fullback dive. So the early first couple series, they had some success at the fullback dive. Then Coach Golden smartly basically just played like plugged up the A gaps with interior guys, plugged up the B gaps. And we forced that quarterback to basically never really gave it to the fullback any longer because there was literally nothing there. And the quarterback had to pull it. Quarterback didn't want any smoke. And he kept prematurely pitching it. I mean, he didn't even ride it down the line of scrimmage. They'd have been better off running speed option, veer option. Um, so because of the way that Golden had plugged up the interior gaps, just with bodies, with beef, with Anya, Mills, Rubio, Marist was able to just fly, fly. So which Maris can do. And he's an incredibly violent player on contact. The hair adds to the whole effect. Like I dig it, but Maris problem isn't like running to the ball and being physical. Although I don't love the way that he tackles. You see Maris sling a lot of people to the ground. It's rare that you see him like ankle tackle and it's okay to wind up on the ground if you make the tackle. But Marist's issue, and this is one of these things where I'm cautiously optimistic, similar to Hartman, um, Marist struggles to diagnose, diagnose plays coming at him. You know, down block, guard pulls, fullback kicks out, like to process all that and react. But if it's just, oh, it's a pitch and I get to go, because if the play went at JD, JD stepped up to take the fullback and Marist just flew over the top. So he looked great. I'm happy for him. But again, I'm, I'm still going to hold my breath until you see more of a conventional running game. And kudos to Al Golden for just plugging the stuff up and letting his guys run. All right, a lot, a lot has happened in the YouTube comments since um, you were you were talking there, Mike. Uh, talking about Sam, Sam Hartman. Word on the street is Sam Hartman's going to straight to the retirement home after he runs out of eligibility. Uh, Hartman is going to be a doctor by the end of college. Uh, and then uh, my uncle, my uncle Tom said bad career advice from Tommy Reese for Tyler. Thank you, Uncle Tom Singers, in the chat here. I'm just kidding. I don't know who this is, but I just find it funny that someone else has my last name. I've said I've said to Singer and I've said to Hyde on our on various text messages. It would not shock me if Sam Hartman was like on The Bachelor, ABC's The Bachelor. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock oh, me, wow. dude. I mean, he's he's a good-looking kid. The Jesse Palmer route? The Jesse Palmer route. And Sam's cool, dude. I'd like to hang out with Sam. Like, he's a cool guy. He's money, as the kids would say. I've hung out with Jesse. Jesse's younger brother um, was a teammate of mine. Shout out Billy Palmer down there in Florida. Was a teammate at Notre Dame. So we got And Jesse is the coolest person I've ever met. Like, he's just – he's money. He's handsome, dude. You know, football. Had, you know, had a – played for the – played in the NFL for a few years. Now he's killing it on TV. It wouldn't shock me if Sam went the same route. It really wouldn't. Yeah. I, I mean, you could yeah. see it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you could see it. Yeah. I'm just like, I really just think, though, if he has just a huge year, if if he, and Book, if he and Book can get picked at the end of the fourth round, like Sam Hartman could get, I think, I still think Sam Hartman could be a fourth or fifth round pick, dude. Like, if he has a huge year, I don't know. I we think had, so. I mean, he had a big year last year. You saw I reached out to an NFL exec. Yeah, I know. I know. So, but doing it at Notre was, Dame, though, doing it at Notre Dame is different than Wake Forest, right? Yeah, and going under center, which was something that I, I haven't heard discussed about this game, but I love to see a quarterback under center. Love, love, love it. 
But yeah, it, 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 but that doesn't mean uh, – sure, but I think Jesse Palmer was a fifth-round pick or something off the top of my head. It doesn't mean they're going to stick. And then the NFL, again, they're looking for traits. They're looking for traits. So it's potential. We've said this before, potential versus production. Sam, boatloads of production. Yeah, how does he get better in terms of ability? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, correction, Jesse Palmer, second round pick in the CFL draft. He was the fourth round pick in the NFL draft, but I'm just looking there at his go. Wikipedia page. I didn't know you could get uh, picked by both, but. Well, there the, the Palmers are they're actually from Canada, so that's why he was probably a high pick. Okay, there you go. All right, moving along. Uh, actually, let me pause. Just two things schools me. I'm going to throw these out there before I forget. One, I want to just give you the floor to talk about anything else you want to talk about to make sure that in this hour plus show, Goolsby's like, finally, Mike. Uh, and then, but, and then the other thing I want to throw out is the, and I mentioned this with the, with the, when we're talking about Jaden Greathouse was just the, the snap counts here, just still so strange to me. All right. Notre Dame's going to play a lot of tight ends. Got it. Or those tight ends are going to play all the snaps. Mitchell Evans got 50. Holden State's got 39. Again, this article's at blueandgold.com for folks watching on, on YouTube. But Jaden Greathouse getting eight snaps is just absurd to me, right? I get that if you're going to play more, if you're going to play two tight ends a lot, you're not going to have that slot receiver. But if Jaden Greathouse is seriously going to be like your number one or two, if it's Jaden Thomas and Jaden Greathouse, those are your number one and two receivers, one A, one B kind of thing, then I don't care that Jaden Greathouse is, you know, mainly a slot receiver or whatever. Like, he can play to the he can play to the field he can play to the boundary like he can play any of these positions so like if he is better than Tobias Merriweather if he's better than like who like he should be playing over them right am I crazy or this is this is where I'm giving you my thoughts and I'm getting no I, I just want to make sure that you and I are clear as to what your thoughts are so are you saying that you think based off of Jaden's performance the two touchdowns that he should you should swap him out. So for Merriweather played 35 snaps, great house should move out of the slot and go play your field receiver. I would definitely. Or, or real quick, real quick, or real, real quick. Okay. Let him cook. Let him cook. Or are you saying that we should move away from a 12 personnel, 13 personnel, multiple tight ends on the field and go live in 11 and have three wides more. My thought is that if Jaden Greathouse is a baller, he needs to play. And I, okay. and I know from seeing him in high school so much, like he, I mean, he can play all these different spots at the receiver position. He comes from an amazing high school program. I mean, he was a baller as a freshman on varsity. Um, I just like, if he's going to be this productive early on, like he needs to be playing like eight snaps. When, when I saw this article, I literally had to text the author and said, are you sure that wasn't a typo? Like eight. That just seemed crazy to me. Um, so that's all I'm saying. Like, if he maybe it was a flute game, like someone else said, I highly doubt it. But my thought is, he needs to see the field more. Um, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good that we're multiple on offense. The core of the offense is going to be your 230 plus pound monster running back, your 310, 20 pound across the line offensive line. Um, that's going to be the core of your offense. I mean, that's, again, folks, this is Coach Reese's offense. The play calling is going to look different, but the personnel, groupings, et cetera, more or less, drop my phone, 
is uh, is the same, but it's good to be multiple. So if you're in a scenario where you're getting jammed up and you can't move the ball, uh, then you you do have the bodies in the personnel in Great House to go into more 11, 10. I mean, we saw empty a couple times this game. So it's good. to I mean, the more stuff that we put on film, the more things you give opposing defensive coordinators to worry about, the better. Do I think that Jaden Greathouse is going to catch two touchdowns every game? I don't. So, right. Right. But yeah, that, I think that's, that's the big question. And this is also, you have to factor in that this is the asterisk of this is Navy. Right. Of course. But, but yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's just, it feels good to know that shoot the running game for whatever reason, isn't working. We got to open it up. You know, you've got some guys back there that are more than capable. And by the way, Cam Williams, Cam Williams, just side note, he's going to be so dirty, dude. He's he's Jaden Greyhouse, but like much faster. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, you saw some of those clips from this weekend? For his oh, game? yeah. I mean, he's going to be sick. He's going to yeah. be sick. And he's like, you could just, he might be the fastest receiver. I know Tobias is supposed to be this burner, but I mean, I know a little bit about biomechanics. Cam Williams can run. Dude. I don't know if you saw my interview with him and, and he was on my show with Tim a couple weeks ago. I didn't. And I, I also did a, an article on it as well. I was like, here, here's what he said for folks who didn't get to watch it. And I asked him, I was like, do you do a ton of track? And he was like, honestly, I feel like I run faster on the football field with pads on than, than on the track. And I, I, I just wanted to burst out in tears of joy. Like that was my favorite thing I've ever heard. Like mm. football speed over track speed. Give me football speed, you know? Yeah, I, I don't. I love that. I love it. I, I, I um, love more people with, but like, yeah, the way his stride works, uh, he runs like a track athlete. I mean, there's yeah. no wasted motion. So, yeah. anyways, but yeah, I think. Um, yeah, and then to your just, and, and Mike, Mike, Mike. This is a long season. There's a kid that I train. He's a second string. Is a no like a no star came out of nowhere. He's playing for the Huskers. Kobe Brett, shout out Kobe, love you. Yeah, he's fourth, fifth string, whatever. Like he's worked his way up, had some knee issues. He's got three years eligibility left. Comes out of camp as a second string safety. It's like, dude, it's a long season. So might we see some moving pieces? Tobias had a drop, looked a little goofy out there, as your boy talked about. So yeah, you might see, you might just get what you're wishing for here, buddy. It's a long season. All right. Uh moving along with the super chats and and, and comments here. Um Dingu says tailgate with Mike and Mike at the OSU game. When slash where? Let's Mike, talk make about it that. Let's okay. talk about that. So I just earlier bought my tickets um, for the OSU game. Okay. And I went to the Clemson game last year. Can't believe they make you pay for tickets, but. Well, you get it. I get a field pass, which is cool, but okay. I mean, I'm not Joe Montana. Give me a break. Um, and um, Hunter Bivin, by the way, is like the player liaison guy, XO lineman. Um, he's done a knockout job, knockout job. But uh, the tickets last year for the Clemson game, big game, $144 a piece. Tickets for this OSU game, pretty good seats, you know, uh, $577. So screw you, Sam Hartman. You know, that's Sam's fault. Honestly, I was looking at our viewer count, dude. I know we've grown a lot. But like a Sunday night show, we weren't. I feel like last year we were getting close to a thousand. And again, a part of that is because our show's grown. But also, I kind of think it's like the Sam Hartman effect, dude. Like people are just so jacked up about Notre Dame football right now. 
So we're getting the diehards and just a lot more people who are just a lot more invested in, in Notre Dame football right now because they have their best quarterback since fill in the blank. That's a, that's a hot topic right there. Who's the best quarterback since who? So it's just there's there's definitely a Sam Hartman effect going on right now. No doubt. Uh, yeah. And it hurts my pocketbook. You asked me on our show, the last show prior to the kickoff of the season, what verbatim, what excites you most about Sam Hartman? To which I responded, what he's done for the fan base. And that's it's kind of playing itself out. Yeah. Let's ride the wave. Let's ride the wave. In terms of a tailgate, I don't know. Don't know. I'll be there. Don't have anything. Well, uh, maybe the sun that Sunday before, after uh, Notre Dame beats Central Michigan, Goolsby, and let you guys know where to find him. I don't think I'll be able to make the Ohio State game this year, but sad. Um, I posted this in the comments just because I didn't want to forget uh, Tobias Merriweather. Um, overreaction. What what's what is the reaction to to this? Because I was like, look, guys, like it. It's just one game. Like, if he puts up a stinker against Tennessee State, and then let's have a conversation. But I'm not too concerned. Um, but you're also not the biggest Tobias Merriweather fan. If, if that's that's maybe not the correct wording. I don't know, Mike, but call him goofy. Um, but, yeah, anyways. My cool. thoughts. It's just my thoughts. So I, that's, that doesn't mean I'm not a fan. I'm encouraging him to say, hey, it's, it's time to – all that was prefaced with it's time to grow up, you little goofy, right? So what was it, third, fourth, third, maybe the third play of the game, they try and throw a quick bubble to him, drops it. Doesn't seem to bother him at all. Um, later on in the game, he's almost almost like playing that Jaden Thomas role where he's almost like a, an, a detached tight end. And he kind of stalk blocks the safety and releases. Sam's late on the throw. The throw was a little short. Uh, you know, again, if that was Tyler Buckner, we'd be crucifying him for missing that throw. Not a great throw, not great timing. You know, it's a pass interference. What I'm arguing, Mike, is for some of these kids that have the genetic potential to be great, like go make that damn catch. I know it was a late ball. I know it was pass interference. But like if you want to be great, and this is for a freaking touchdown, go snag it. It, that's the kind of stuff. And his coach, you know, Coach Ducky's going to tell him the same thing in the meeting room. If you want to be great, we want to win national championships. You got to make a catch like that. But they're going to make Tobias earn his reps, Mike. Sorry. Colsey? Thoughts on Colsey? Eight snaps or seven snaps for him, and he had a pretty good game. Felt good. I felt I felt good for him about that. And this is uh, my my can my contention with Colsey has always been his willingness, his want to to compete. And um, he's definitely, you know, slid down the depth chart or in terms of like, you know, that's pretty made apparent by the, the snap count in the game. But I it felt good to watch him, you know, be productive. And that was when, I mean, he caught that bubble screen and scored at the end there. And uh, I think that's what made me run to the message board and be like, gosh, dude, Navy's terrible. Because it was just like he had to beat a guy. I mean, it, it was he, bad. So, again, he, cautiously optimistic. Um, Colsey's not very fast, I'll tell you that much. Re like, yeah. really watching the film, he's not very quick. He, he had a nice diving catch. Like, Hartman stuck. It was, it was maybe not diving, leaping. You know, I don't know. I, I, I like Colsey a lot. He was competing, um, Mike. He was competing, and I'm just going through my notes here. Okay, go ahead. Um, and this is kind of where I want to go next. So, 
Yeah. Open, take it wherever you want, Goals. I was just going to say, like, he was competing. Colsey, we're talking about. But uh, it was against Navy. So, like, I want to see you compete that hard against, yeah, obviously, Ohio State if you're on the field, right? So, cautiously optimistic. I'm not going to make too much of too much of the offensive performance in general. Okay. What else, um, what else is on your notes, Mike? But, but yeah, let's, let's – I started my notes with offensive line. A lot of max protection in terms of passing downs. Great house first touchdown, max protect. They left Mitch in, and I think they left Ford in. Max protect, three-man route. Um, and somebody still got to Sam. Who got beat on that play? It was Coogan. So at times in max protect, they're zoning this blocking scheme, almost like a punt team, you know, punt team. You just kind of go back and catch whomever that was a little, you know, you got to note it. Um, Coogan got beat on that on max protect. Uh, Also in terms of pass protection. And I said that the Navy coaches somewhat did Navy players a disservice every time that they blitz Mike, they declared it. They were walked up. They declared it. And everything was really tended to be most of the heat was off of the edges. Our concern in terms of pass pro is interior wise in Ohio state, the Tommy Eichenberg, number 35, their cracker backer, those guys loop, they hide, they delay. So we didn't really get an answer. Can't really check that box in terms of pass protection because the way Navy lined up preseason was dumb and good teams aren't going to show their hand like that. Rocco looked really good. I said, great for him. This is a nice note. Um, Still doesn't have the best feet, but there were several times you saw he played with a wide base. Like he can drop his nuts. He's playing with a wider base. So like as a trainer singer, like if you can't move well laterally, like you just struggle with that quickness, that twitchiness, like you, you make yourself more lateral. So the wider your base gets, it's, it's like a, it's a happy medium between actually having to move your feet. It's like, well, if my feet are wider to begin with, um, it kind of offsets that lack of that, but yeah, happy for Rocco. And, uh, that was really my only O O line critique or thoughts. I mean, they should be throwing people around. They should be, I mean, your defensive line averages like two fifty across the board. I went into running backs uh, we talked a little bit about that rotation. I'm, again, I'm going to come back to Audric. Stop spinning and pirouetting like a flamingo on one leg. It worries me, bro, because you're going to get yeah. gang tackled and protect yourself. Goes, yeah, we did go through the running backs a good bit. I, I don't, oh, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Tyree, I, I know because I, I read through your notes. Dude, Tyree did – I mean, I know he changed numbers for the third time, but he did not look like Chris Tyree. Like his, awesome. his, dude, he looks awesome. Yeah, he did. He, he looks really good. He looked comfortable. Um, and this, some of this stuff's tough to gauge to the screen, bro. But, like, the way he carried himself, it was almost like it was, like, the, like shades of, like, a Kyron Williams. Like, he looked like he just got his mojo back. Like, he just – he looked proud out there. And, I, yeah, I thought he looked great. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to – has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, my note on Tyree, Tyree looked great, all caps. And I said he'll be an NFL draft pick, no doubt. And, yeah, I talked on the preseason show evaluating recruits. I was happy to be wrong if we saw him running downfield routes and actually playing receiver. And, folks, I'm happy to be wrong. I think we got a good one in Tyree. Also low on the snap counts. Yeah. Yeah, again, I'm curious if it's going to be a lot of 12 personnel moving forward. Maybe, hey, you're playing Navy. You didn't need to chuck around a ton. Um, but, uh, yeah, Tyree and Colsey stock up for me. I'm just, I'm, it, just, like, selfishly, too, like, just covering those recruitments, just very excited for those two guys. Well, the offense, Mike, you know, if you want to go 11, you want to go spread. For lack of a better term, you want to go spread because you love all these receivers. We love their potential. You know, with putting Sam, and we get into a little bit of X's and O's, putting Sam under center with the play action, I mean, that's the offense. So if you go spread, you lose that dynamic that the play action brings to freeze people. So – they're still going to build the build the offense around the running backs, sure. and then the passing right. game can be ancillary. But maybe Tobias doesn't get thirty five snaps to Colsey seven. And that's kind of where I'm at. Just yeah, be that. I don't. Well, know. the other thing, the other thing about Tobias, golly, do, how much time do people talk about Tobias? How much time do people spend talking about Tobias Merriweather? Guy's got one career catch, and like I said last episode, people treat this poor kid like he's Arch Manning. You know, it's like he's just a high four-star recruit. And for some reason, wink, wink, it's like people have like, you know, some, where did all this, this hype come from? It's like, just give the guy, the kid time to develop. And I think he still does. I think he needs more time to develop the, the physical potentials there, but like, uh, we've got other players as well. You know, he's, there's a ton of talent in that room. A guy says low on the snap counts. We're always low on snaps when facing Navy, so that might have something to do with it. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I mean, Perhaps. For, the, for what, 80% of the fourth quarter, you know, Navy was just on the field. My boy Angeli was about to go in and early in the fourth, and then Navy has like an eight-minute drive, so totally get it. Uh, just one ND gal, $10 Super Chat, really appreciate this. Uh, linebackers won A-minus slash B-plus. Yes, schools. Um. Talking to the wrong guy, sweetheart. If we want like a A minus B plus from linebackers, I would say it was a B B minus. And there's a lot of missed tackles. You know, JD Bertrand's poor, poor like short arm length showed up. I mean, there was one play <laughs> that Navy that Navy running back that had no tape, no gloves on. He looked like a high school sophomore out there, number twenty four. He broke like six tackles. JD missed him twice on one play. I had a snap in college, bro where I missed a player on uh, twice on one play, and they threw a, a screen to Anquan Bolden, and he brought it all the way across the field against Florida State. Now, I'd say Anquan Bolden's not a third-string running back for Navy. But, yeah, linebackers played fine. Al Golden gets the A-minus, the B-plus in terms of him scheming it up, clogging everything in with bodies and letting those guys run. But um, if we don't turn the ball over, those guys don't get picks. It's tough for me, tough for me to get into the A category when it comes to linebackers. All right, just one Andy Gallery, appreciate uh, the super chat. Yep, Domer Wap says thoughts on special teams and new special teams coach uh, Marty Biaggi. I guess I kind of, <laughs> you know, summoned this comment, but uh, yeah, Mike, thoughts? I'm glad that I'm glad that this was brought up. I hadn't heard this discussed anywhere, so we get a 
transfer kicker. And that's what Notre Dame is going to do, folks. I mean, they're not going to spend time or energy resources recruiting specialists anymore. We're just going to pluck grad transfers. We did that with Spencer Strader from South Florida. Missed a field goal. And this goes back to like any critique, observations that aren't rosy of the team, especially with Sam Hartman singer. You look at this team through the lens of like, is this a championship team? And championship, high-level, elite football, like the margins are so slim, you can't be missing 40-yard field goals. So that was a bummer. The punt return game back to Tyree looked great. Boy, is it nice to have Salerno moved out of that role. Yeah. Love seeing Tyree back there. Get him great. The ball. Yep. Trash with another super chat. Uh, Jason Garrett commented on Navy going for three at the end of the game and calling timeout when the game was over. How do you feel about those things, Mike? Um, I, I, I don't care if I'm honest with you. I, I you know, the game was, the game was over. They're trying to get points in the board. I, I appreciate that. But this Navy team, whether it was, they were just physically beat down, but they, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't as relentless as you're typically accustomed to seeing. I didn't see that on Saturday. It's like, it's like they had a little bit of quit in them no matter how much the commentators are going to say that they don't. And sometimes, and I've been in games like this, under Coach Willingham specifically, playing UFC specifically, where like you just know our scheme sucks. Like you go down into halftime, down by 10, and you're losing by 30-plus points in the blink of an eye. You're like, we're beat. You know, We're beat athletically, we're beat with a scheme, and you just kind of fold up your lawn chair and want to go home. I think that's where Navy was at. So just get some points on the board, sure. Joseph of the Super Chat says, lifelong Goolsby fan here. Eighth grade me still isn't over the O2BC game. How big was getting out of a Navy game with zero injuries? That never happens. Great. Um, great question, Joseph, because you triggered something. Oh, and by the way, so Joseph knows we broke out the green jerseys for that O2. We went into that game ranked, what, four in the country, something like that. Dude, one of your first shows with us, you broke down that whole experience in the locker room, I want to say. Should Ooh. I go through it again? Yeah, hell I mean, yeah, let's do it. You got a minute? Yeah. So this year, we're wearing green against Ohio State, right, Mike? So they yes. they give the they give fans time to buy the jerseys, whatever, like I get it. But it takes away the like the surprise factor, the wow factor. So traditionally, you warm up in your blue jerseys and you go back in the locker room after warm-ups. You're like, oh, my God, there's green jerseys. And then you have to change clothes, and then you come out in green after having warmed up in blue, and the fans supposed to lose their mind. The stadium's supposed to go bonkers. But I always spatted my ankles. I taped my shoes. I had like a shoulder strap thing. And uh, you basically have to disrobe and then hurry up and put all the green socks on. You had to take your shoes off. And I thought it was a tremendous pain in the ass. And anybody that knows, like, modern-day football, dude, like, everything is tight, tight, tight. So it's, like, it's tiresome to take your clothes off, to take your pads off, all that stuff. So it's, like, we almost came out tired from having to change in the locker room. Um, but that's just a, a side note. Yes, getting out of the game with zero injuries is super important. Haven't heard this discussed either. Navy can't cut anymore. 
They can't cut block. So back to the prior question about linebackers, A minus B plus. It's like, dude, you're playing against a 250 pound off. It's like a high school offensive line. You know, we took away the fullback and they can't cut you. It's like all you're doing is just running the ball. You know, back when back when I played Uncle Rico, it's like, you know, you had people at your feet all game long. Uh, made it much, much more difficult. So the fact that they can't cut, yes, that helps you get out of there unscathed. I love it. Goals big in a great story. Uh, Rick said, glad we got a super chat with this question. Thoughts on the new rule change and not stopping the clock on first downs? Is that's I think it's the same exact ruling as, as the NFL. Um, so if you get a first down, clock keeps going. Um, prior was the ball needed to be set. He said, do you like the quicker game? Can this hurt trying to come back in the fourth quarter? I like the rule. I mean, our attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter and shorter. Uh, I like the rule. Can it hurt a comeback? Of course, but you just got to adjust. But it's nice to be able to get through a game. That's half the perk, Mike, is sometimes going to a high school game. You get out of there in two hours, you know, and an NBC broadcast, I mean, they can – they can run on. So I like it. Yeah. And we look at that kind of through like a, a schematic perspective, but it's good for players too. It just is. Yeah, it evens out, right? It might help Notre Dame one game, might hurt them the next, you know, in terms of trying to come back. So yeah, it's just, it is um, rules, rules change all the time, especially yeah. in the league. Yeah. Okay. I think we're caught up on Super Jets. All right. I think, dude, I've touched on just a couple other just personnel notes. Gabe Rubio, proud of you, buddy. Like, he looks like a different player, plays with a much wider base. Last year, he was just kind of like narrow, bull rush. Things are moving really quickly for him, I'm sure, last year. So, he looked great. I think he's going to be a player for us. Jason Anye, um, we heard a lot about how vocal he was in camp in terms of being like a hype man and all that. And I've been around some of those guys. And if you're that vocal, are you trying to use your, your, your mouth to offset your maybe lack of ability? Cause coaches tend to eat that stuff up. It can be phony, but he played well. Anya played really well, played physical and Lord, Mike, if you thought Jeremiah Love looks thin at 200, Jason Anya looks thin at 290. I mean, he does. He's 290 and looks fit. So it's like that guy, he should be – I mean, he could be at 320. I mean, if it, you take a Jason Anya, put 30 pounds on him, he looks like an Alabama three technique, an SEC three technique. Yeah. Uh, there's one play late in the game, Mike. Uh Quarterback for Notre Dame came in. Uh, just, we don't need to name him, but threw a really nice uh, mm. two-yard pass out to Rico Flores. Can we, can we uh, really break that one down? Um, <laughs> on all my rewatches, I'm sorry, <laughs> Angeli. I don't know if I – at a certain point, I stopped paying attention in the rewatches. So I'll make it a point. I'll okay. go back and break that play down. What was it, Micah? Is it a bubble or a slant or something, a two-yard pass? Yeah, it was a little – I don't know if it was a read option and throw it out or if it was a designed play action, but uh, I thought it was, yeah. it was brilliant. That was really brilliant stuff. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's I see. Mean, we've, um... talked, we've, we've talked Hartman, running backs. We've talked every position on the off- – I mean, we talked offensive line, right? I mean, all, all O-line, Fisher, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, O-line, I mean, look dominant. I'm, I'm a little – again, I'm still I'm, – 
I still feel the exact same way. I'm still concerned about interior pass rush games, delay blitz versus an Ohio State. Navy, they declared what they were doing pre-snap, and most of it came off the offside. Like, again, that's there's plays – you know, they vacate the middle linebacker and then we just hand the ball off to a 230. There's nobody in the middle of the defense to make a tackle. It's like, I don't quite know what the Navy coaching staff was thinking. Um, Jalen Sneed, we got to touch on. He's another, he's, you know, the defense's version of Tobias in a lot of ways um, in terms of fan expectations. So he didn't get a chance to do a whole lot. He played quite a bit, which is super encouraging. I don't really care how he looked playing Navy. The My one takeaway in watching the game, Singer, was Steve was making checks. And there was a couple times he beat JD to make said check, where, like, you know, they're out there doing, you know, signaling to the defense. And I'm like, okay, Jalen's picking up the defense. So... And I always tell that to like kids that you work with, like that are going into college, like communicate on film, you know, you have to be animated on film. So those coaches know that, you know, when they watch the film back, cause they can't hear you. So that was super encouraging um, to Jay, to see Jalen picking up the defense. Cause that's always been the knock is it's going to take them longer. And then the only other really uh, player note that stood out is the, Baptiste, the defensive end, the transfer from Ohio State, looks like a Foskey clone. Yeah. I mean, they look very, very similar in terms of body types. Maybe it's just that single-digit number. Uh, but he's going to be a really good player for us, too. And he was playing like an alpha in terms of his energy level and the way that he was kind of inserting himself into the defense. So um super optimistic and that's a type of kid like that's like oh i bet you he has a killer game against ohio state so i'm another reason to look forward to that matchup you talked about the the navy coaches like what were they doing i love the sweep from pete sampson do you look at uh ridiculous for, for, yeah, and prior for- to this place that's number 51 all the linebacker in front of fisher 52 rather um yeah i remember this place but this is the fumble i think actually the play that audrey fumbled it Wish we could watch it. But, yeah, this is stupid. Yeah. So they kept a two-man shell all game, like two-deep shell, and we kind of just had our way with them. So Ohio State's not going to do this. Yeah, for sure. Um, Who is your MVP of the game, Susan, wants to know, Mike? Mm. Let's try and be creative. Is this Susan that always jumps in here? Is that Susan? It is Susan. She's hey, Susan. Another year at Notre Dame football with Susan. I love it. So somebody's going to say Marist on defense. Somebody's going to say Sam Hartman. I guess I have to say Sam Hartman oh. begrudgingly. I can't think of anything else clever. What do you think about Jared Parker? I thought he did great. I thought he did yeah, great. Kind of like what you said earlier. Not, not, not a ton. It didn't look a whole lot different, but still, I mean, it, it, it called a pretty good game, but again, Navy. Everything was Yeah, what Navy was doing on defense was sad, frankly. For those players, it was sad. And then not to adjust on offense and run speed option, to run veer option, 
you know, because that quarterback wouldn't even get to the defensive end. He would be like, you take it, <laughs> you know, whereas if you played an Air Force, that quarterback's trying to keep the ball pitch late. So not a lot of adjustments by Navy. And that's that's I thought about this, Mike, and, you know, this season now with all of the entrails of Brian Kelly having left, there's nothing here. Your strength coach, that's what I forget when I kick the show off. New strength coach. There's nothing left of the old guard, nothing. So this season to me is as much about Freeman and his coaches as, 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 it, as it is the players. And I think that Al Golden did a great job week one, week zero rather, and I think uh, Coach Parker did as well. There was someone who asked the question earlier, and I, I, I uh, forgot to, to cue it up, but just like do you think Freeman – I think it was DGA, by the way – do you think Freeman's coming into his own as a head coach? Like he seemed to kind of, and I think we've talked about this, right? Like, and even a press conference, he said like, yeah, last year we said, Oh, it's all about, you know, whatever, making the playoffs or winning title, whatever. Now it's more like we're taking it game by game. So he seems to definitely be coming into his own more. So say that again, last year that they thought that he was talking about. He would, he admitted, he was like, last year I'd say things like, oh, everything we do is about winning a championship or whatever. Now it's like, now we're just focused on one game at a time. Like, oh, interesting. I'm paraphrasing, but sure. he definitely seems to, and I think someone just said, you know, Andrew says he's way more calm in pregame interview on the sideline. He definitely seems to to know what he's doing. Not that he did it before, but he knows even more. He's still, I mean, he's still a young man and he's the head coach of Notre Dame football, one of the biggest brands in the world. So yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Can you remember, I can recall the first handful of games, obviously Ohio state. And then, you know, that, that just that mess of a game that was Marshall, like his facial expressions. It was just like, Ooh, coach. You know, when he watches that back, like you can't be, you can't be looking like that. You know, you got to be stoic or you got to be angry or you got to, you know, you can't just have these confused looks on his face, but yeah, you got to give the guy time. And it's, it's, yeah, it's his team. It'll be curious where you said last year, his focus, whether he believed it or not was go win that championship. That's the ultimate goal. When does that narrative, does that narrative, does that approach change throughout the course of this season? Sure. Sure. Cause you uh, don't hear about yeah, the diamond said Crystal Crystal still there. Thank you. He, he is, but he was a GA under Kelly. Freeman hired him as a safety coach. That was Freeman's hire. Did Brian Kelly sign off on it? Sure, but that was Freeman's hire, actually. Mm -hmm. And then as you said that, Mike, I was just thinking like different like recruiting – like not recruiting stuff, just like management team. But in terms of on-field coaches and – those people it's yeah chris basics their equipment guy he was there when i was there was like the assistant equipment guy. <laughs> See, like, okay there you go um but so real quick on chris o'leary because we didn't touch on the safeties yeah xavier yeah, watts yeah xavier watts looks thick like he's a thick boy back there he looks kind of looks like buddha baker who was a i think a first round pick out of washington plays for the arizona cardinals um definitely probably the weak link of the defense still safety wise i mean you just I, I pray like I wish, you know, maybe Schuler gets on the field, but there's got to be a better. And I know Tim Hyde would agree with me on this and a lot of Notre Dame fans where well, they don't probably pay close enough attention. But DJ Brown, get out of here, dude. Like you, you know, you're a fifth year senior. You're still missing tackles. You busted a coverage against Navy. 
you just wish that there was another younger kid that had more potential, a higher ceiling, a brighter future that you could roll in. So, um, but Xavier Watts flashed a couple games and you, you would have thought that a game like this, cause he's just playing that middle field safety where he just comes down and kills that pitch. Um, he would have had more plays, but it just, uh, didn't, didn't play itself out that way, but physically he looks great. He looks, looks thick, looks tightly wound, still expect big things from him. I talked about this uh, in my show with Tim. I just thought it was interesting. Like, you bring in Antonio Carter from Rhode Island, a pretty highly coveted transfer. Thomas Harper from Oklahoma State. And these guys don't even really get in until the second half when the game's over. And Harper, Harper, didn't, look getting, great. Harper didn't look great when he was in either. And 12 snaps from the nickel spot. And then Anthony Carter just seven um, at safety. I thought that was interesting. Someone mentioned, you know, talking about Javante Jean Baptiste. If I recall, he didn't get in until the third series of the game. Like Notre Dame did not rotate defensively much early at all. I remember focusing on that. I mean, it was, you know, your Morris and your Hearts, uh, Howard Cross, um, like, you know, Nana, Batelho. Like it was obviously the three, you know, eighth year, whatever linebackers. Sure. <laughs> like they didn't rotate, dude. Until that I makes sort of, sense. Like, drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense for Navy. Okay, because, so that's what I asked Tim. I was like, "Is that because you want to keep that continuity?" It's just, or, dude. It's it's um, you can't really replicate replicate it in practice. You know the timing and the quickness of things. So yeah, you're probably going to play it a little bit conservative. Like, let me just put my guys out here, my most experienced group, first couple two three series until we can get our bearings. I have no problem with that. Okay, that's, that's pretty standard. Why ask? Well, yeah, the question? lack of the fullback usage. Because, dude, when I played, they had a guy, Kyle Eckel, who played fullback in the NFL. I think the Patriots drafted him or something. And when you're playing linebacker, dude, that gap could be, you know, eight inches wide, and they're still going to give that fullback, and you still had to stick your head in there, even though it didn't look like there was a hole for a back to go through. You get four yards, four yards. So they took that fullback away, and then that Navy's version of triple option – you know, gumming up the interior defensive line, taking that away. Notre Dame defense kind of had a field day. Still no turnovers. That's one game down, no turnovers. Had a chance. Got to come come up with the ball. All right, a couple more Super Chats, and then we may sign off, depending on how Goolsby's feeling. And not to put you on the spot, Goolsby, but you know, we're, we're hour 18 or hour 19 in here. But Taylor says, can we run a shallow playbook until the Ohio State game and avoid giving them an early look at the real playbook? I mean – you do that. You got to play NC State on the road. NC State's not a bad team. So I don't know about all that. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I get the train of thought, but I think that that's more of a fan thing. I mean, the preseason NFL is is real, but this is college football. There's only so many games. There's only so much time with these kids. And it's not like the water boy where it's like Coach Parker's got this like hidden – notebook of like crazy like plays you know you're gonna see some things that they're gonna sprinkle in but yeah over the next couple you gotta run the stuff that you're gonna run against ohio state you gotta rep it in a in a game situation so some of that again i get the train of thought taylor but i think that's more of fan stuff they're running their offense yeah can notre dame invent something new before ohio state you know it's like 
Well, maybe they bring out some I mean, new you saw, wildcats. You saw, you saw, you saw Payne take a direct, direct snap from shotgun. That might be one of those things, Taylor, that you would keep holstered and try and surprise Ohio State with. Sure, you can do more stuff out of it, right? Go ahead. Well, what about the the the, the coach speak kind of thing of well, now they have something to now they got to prepare for that. Now we're wasting having them waste practice time. Now they got to prepare for us having a direct snap. So that's counter to what Taylor's saying. So Taylor's saying we're going to use a third of the playbook and keep everything close to the vest. You're arguing if you show Ohio State all of this crap, then you're only going to use 50% of it. That takes coaches' time. It's a distraction. Yeah. Reminds me when Coach Willingham got here and you had Carlisle Holiday as your quarterback, one of the best athletes, finest athletes I've ever been around. You know, ran four or five flat at like 225 pounds. Coach Willingham gets here and First press conference, he says, three words, no more options. So he takes option out of the offense. And how much easier did that make us to game plan for? If we could have just sprinkled Carlisle five, six times a game, run, run an option, you'd have made those defensive coordinators lose a lot more sleep. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, but I think we're running a real offense. Yeah, Taylor, really appreciate the super chat. Good, good, good thoughts there. Uh, I think this is a great way to kind of wrap up the show, Mike. It's going right back to Sam Hartman. So Cody says with a very generous $20 super chat. I really appreciate that. He says with Hartman slinging it, does this team have a shot to go the distance? What say you, Mr. Mr. Goolsby? Hmm. Let's just ride the wave, Mike. And I'm going to say, absolutely. We're going to ride this. You know, the Sam Tsunami, man. Let's ride this wave, dude. I know you watched my show with Tim on Wednesdays, or, or you I know you listened back. And uh he Tim has said a few times, you know what? Maybe he hasn't said it live on air. Maybe he's just said it to me after our shows. So I don't know if I'm outing Tim. But he'll say, Man, I love when Goolsby said I'm not here to get hate mail. So you guys are just let's just see. Just don't want hate mail. Well, right these now. these Tim. Tim is such a gentleman, but Tim is far more critical of things, all things Notre Dame football, on a text message than he is on a podcast. So far more critical. If we could get Tim to open up a little bit more on that podcast of what he really thinks, oh, it'd be gold. Gold. Well, this, this Okay, I agree with you, right? And I nicknamed him Politician Tim for – a reason and i and we and Goolsby and i say this in, in love because he, like tim's our boy um but uh like that the the epic infamous argument that tim and i got on that show two three weeks ago about angeli that was such a surprise to me because tim is never like that about i remember after the show he's like oh yeah i like angeli he's a good quarterback i'm like wait what what was all that about? We like basically agreed. Well, we just yeah. kind of got there in different ways. So I yeah, you and you're you're overly sensitive, which I can completely overly empathize. sensitive. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Angeli is your your version of Buckner, where it's like you know you're sensitive. You're like, hold. What, I you, defend, what are you saying? Because you got upset over the fact that Angeli is the de facto number two just because he's been in the system. I just you know. think that's. I just think I don't know. I. 
it's just like why? What, what's what's the point? I don't. Know. I just I just feel like I don't want to get away from a, a subtle shot just to take a, a shot. Like it's just hey man. Like why? If you're gonna That's give it, you got to be able to take it, Michael. But in terms of Hartman slinging it, does the team have a shot to go to the distance? Of course they do. Um, I could tell you. You know, Sam threw a pass. I think it was third quarter. A better corner. Uh, you know, a power five athlete would have picked that off and made a crib call. Sam was under zero duress during this game. Maybe four times he was pressured. The one on the second touchdown to Jaden Greyhouse, some slob of a defensive lineman, like, and then, you know, Sam, Sam avoids it, steps up. That was (laughs) Mike. So we know that you hadn't seen the program. Have you seen Varsity Blues, the movie? I, I, I plead the fifth. I will not answer those questions anymore. Dude, you could say, have you ever looked at your wife? And I'm going to say, Mike, I've never looked at my wife. For, or I, I, I refuse to say if I've ever looked at my wife. That, that's my answer to that. So I refuse to answer. Go a lot of ways with that. But there's some of these scenes in football <laughs> movies. Touche. There's some of these scenes in football movies where they show, and they show a scene in the, the program where like he's pointing out to his blockers, like, you know, everything's in kind of slow motion and guys are falling off. Like that effort by that defensive lineman when Sam, you know, the play of the game, as Jason Garrett called it, like it just reminded me of something you would see like an extra in a, in a, uh, on a film set diving to go get the star quarterback. It was poor. Um, but if Sam's going to throw some picks, He's fun to watch because on that kind of short, late throw to Tobias in the back of the end zone, like he's talking to himself, like even he was like, I got to put more touch on it. And there's a couple plays later, he basically throws what amounts to a check down to Salerno. And Salerno turned this way. Maybe Sam put the ball in the right, wrong spot. Sam didn't like the placement of that ball. And Sam told himself, because the poor kid's on camera every single snap, um, he told himself, he goes, that's bullshit. And he was talking to himself. He didn't like the way he, the placement of that ball and that pass to Salerno because Salerno kind of got popped and that was Sam's fault. But Sam's going to throw some picks when he has to drive the ball. I mean, I'm talking about across the field throw when he has to drive the ball, he telegraphs it quite a bit just because he doesn't have that live arm to just snap the ball out there. So he's going to throw some picks and they're going to be on, like, comebacks. If I'm an opposing team, I'm teaching my DBs to just play catch technique. I don't. I still don't think Sam's got an arm to throw a, a ball 55-plus yards accurately. I don't. Um, but he knows where to go with it, and he does bring a lot of confidence that you can feel, frankly, through your TV screen. So I'm riding the wave and fully support him. And um, – it's it it absolutely it's just nice to turn the TV on and be like wow this is this is what quarterback play looks like or ought to. Speaking of pick sixes, we have seen some of those in the past couple of years. So you know, that was a shot. We'll let it slide. Andrew Gilmore says, "All right, this is gonna be the last comment." Uh, did you see Zachariah Branch from USC? Reggie Bush light. I did see him. Yeah, we don't have um. We don't have um we don't have a kid on our team that can do that in terms of that stop start wiggle shake I mean all that stuff's just natural ability and really the confidence in terms of what that kid plays with we don't have that kid yeah Reggie Bush light I think that's a fun comparison 
Yeah, I saw him in high school at Gorman. He was insane. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing a punt return for him taking to the house. He was a pretty impressive player. So, uh, Mr. Coolsby, fantastic show. Fun show. So we'll see you. Uh, we'll have to come up with some topics after the Tennessee State game. I'm sure we'll have plenty. The sky will be falling, or Notre Dame will be the best team to ever play a college football game. It'll be one of the two after that game. I- I'm so- sort of kidding, but uh, yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think the Ohio State game is the game, and then there's a there's a tough stretch. There's a there's a long stretch there. Playing USC in some cold-ish weather at home, playing in the Coliseum is difficult. I've said this before. Like the field seems bigger than a normal field for whatever reason. So that's a luxury. I think we're better than Clemson, but the way that we beat Clemson last year, you know, they're going to come ready to play this year. Not happening again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not in that fashion, but I do think we have the horses. Now, having been on the field last year, looking at the body types, like, damn, we look way better in pads than they do. And that that counts for something. So, yeah, I mean, it could be a playoff team. It ought to be. Tim says, oh, most people say, oh, 10 and 2. You hear a lot of 10 and 2. So that means you, you, know, you brought in a rental quarterback with, you know, so much experience in Sam to win one more game than last year. That's not good enough for me. Regular I season, think, right? So eight eight sure. wins in the regular season, ten wins regular. So two. Fair. Okay. So what what are they saying? So we're saying, I'm so saying we should we should lose one regular season game with Sam Hartman. I think the goal should be to make the playoff. Yeah. And then that's where you brought him in is to be clutch in those types of environments. That's how I feel. I don't think Tim disagrees with you. I think he's just saying that's why I think they're. I think he thinks they're going to go ten and two. I'm pretty sure he refused to pick 10 and two last year though, but that was his whole shtick. But yeah. So if they finished nine and four, right. 13 games. So he would say 10 and two, and then maybe get to 11 with a bowl game. That's kind of what he's saying. I just think the Ohio state's the, the biggest game of the year. I mean, not even, it's not not even close. All Tim's talked about since Oklahoma state, Oklahoma state, South Carolina game was Ohio state. Yeah. So, so, uh, and but after yeah, the Ohio so State game, that, that, that last question or that question about, you know, can we make a run? It's like, I think I think we ought to. I think that's why we did yeah. this. I think that's why it, we made this move. It's a tough schedule with the big three games. You got, like Tom says, NC State, Louisville, Duke, Pitt. I mean, I don't know about so much Pitt. But, yeah, there's definitely some tough games on this schedule. So, I think an 11-1 Notre Dame team makes the playoff. And that's that was my bold prediction with Sam Hartman going to New York. So, we will see. I just can't like, help but this is my this is my closing thought. Yep. Is at this point in Freeman's tenure, I've been doing this long enough with you. And gosh dang, do I spend a lot of time watching these games? It's like I cannot help all of my critiques, my all my the way that I'm evaluating is is this a championship level team or not? You know. Cause I don't want to be doing this a decade from now. I don't want to be doing this five years from now, Mike. <laughs> you know, it's like, let's get it done. So if like, if you're hypercritical when you go through this stuff with a fine tooth comb, again, the margin of error at elite top three, top four level football is small. So you got to be hypercritical. You got to execute. That's where I'm at. All right. Well, great show. 
from Mr. Goolsby. Our next show will be Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time with Tim Hyde. We'll have a recruiting show at 10.30 a.m. This is all Eastern time with myself and Kyle Kelly. And then, uh, yeah, we'll be back at it. Or actually, Horka has a show tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern time with Darren Pritchett. We'll have a Saturday, of course, show after the Tennessee State game. Tim and I will be live moments after the game, and then Goolsby and I will be back next Sunday. After the Ohio State game, Mike, I'm post-game, you're hopping on with me and Goolsby. Or, excuse me, me and Hyde, right? I mean, we're, well, I'll be there. there. Oh, I'll be there. there. So we'll probably have Hyde jump on your Sunday show then. That's what we'll do. Well, let's let's just think about this. Sure, I'm down to do whatever, man. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. down to do whatever. But think about if I'm there, could we come up with some sort of creative content? You know, whether you're doing like an IG live from this, you know, I mean, if I'm going to be on the field, you know, prior to kickoff, there's got to be something fun we can do if you just spitball or drop a comment. Yeah, let us know. Drop a comment if you come up with something creative you'd like to see content being at the Ohio State game. I like it. Nice. be be thinking with his media hat on. So. Yeah, man. All right, let's All get right. out of here, buddy. All right, fantastic show. Dennis, really appreciate the super sticker here. Didn't see a comment from you, but I really do appreciate the support. Uh, fantastic show, everyone. Might be our best Goolsby show yet. And that's really saying something because all these are just absolute bangers with our former Notre Dame captain and linebacker. Appreciate you guys. Again, I'm Mike Singer. He's Mike Goolsby, and we will catch you guys next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.